This is the Suffer First Podcast, Episode 16. Thanks for tuning in. What is up? This is Michael Royce, the creator of Suffer First, and this is the Suffer First Podcast, Episode 16. Welcome to the Suffer First Studio in Rockwall, Texas. I appreciate you being here. You can listen to the Suffer First podcast on iTunes and at SufferFirst.com. You have probably noticed that my show postings have been a little bit off for the past few weeks. My wife and I have been shopping for a new home and going through the whole purchase a home, loan process has drained me of really a lot of my mental and emotional reserves. And I don't have a lot of that to spare to begin with. But Lord willing, we should be moving into our new place in the next few weeks and I'll be back to a to a normal schedule, just in time to get kicked in the shorts by the holiday season. Anyway, there is that. I want to tell you, the folks that I interview for Suffer First come from a variety of backgrounds, and they do a variety of things. But one thing that binds them all into a cohesive unit is the fact that they have chosen a thing that they want to accomplish, and they've been willing to endure suffering to get it. The glory that these people want is different. And so is the things that they have to suffer. These interview segments shine a light on these various glory achievements, and it also shines a light on the suffering endured to get that glory. Today's interview is no different. I'm not sure what age category listens most to this show, and really at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter at all. As long as you're not a big load that just wants to sit on your couch and eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all day while you're watching ESPN reruns, then you can get something from every single episode of this show, especially the interview episodes. I talk to real people that are out there doing real everyday suffering to get real everyday glory. And today's interviewee is no different. I sat down a few weeks ago and interviewed a family friend to find out what she's been up to for the past eh, five years, let's call it. How and when our families met will come out during the interview, so I'm not going to spoil that part of the story right here. I will tell you that if you find yourself approaching middle age and you've not got what you want to get yet and you're feeling like, eh, maybe it's too late, my best years have passed me by, or you feel like you don't have enough time left to accomplish your goals, to get your glory, because you're now in the second half and you're midway through your third quarter, or you think to yourself that, what you want is really for those that are just coming out of high school or, or maybe coming out of college, and you just don't have time nor the energy to make it happen anymore. I want to tell you, this episode is for you, bro, or female bro, whichever. My guest is now 48 years old and just became a nurse. She's a wife and the mother of four. Not only that, she homeschooled her kids until they started high school. And there came a day approximately five years ago at the age of around, eh, let's call that 43-ish, that she decided that there was more that she wanted to do. And then she went and did it. I'll let her tell her own story, but if you've let some time get away from you and you're questioning whether you've still got some gas in your tank, this interview is for you. Alrighty then, let's do this. Would you please welcome my friend, Shannon Toombs. You know, these, these guys in China are 
hitting my podcast, and it's mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. every day. They're hitting the podcast, and I, I don't know what to say to that. I keep telling Tamara, I'm like, who are these people? And I thought, first off, and first I want to show you how just American I am. I didn't even know China got to listen to internet across the ocean. <laughs> I thought they, I thought they had like a big internet wall built around China. But somehow I got guys in Beijing and sh- blah, blah, China. You just never know where that'll take you. It's the weirdest thing you ever. You just never know. So anyway, so you're going to probably have friends that are like, you know, who have friends in Michigan who's going to hear this and it's just going to explode and yes. you're going to quit your day job. Yeah. And you're the gonna, day job you're gonna I go just on the road got. and be a motivational speaker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So how you been? I've been well. Yeah. Uh, doing I well. haven't seen you in a while. Yes. So when you and Mark pulled up, it was I, I felt this little flutter in my eyes like, oh my gosh, yeah. I, was, I didn't realize Time has passed. I think it's been maybe eight years. I'm, I don't know. Uh, I don't long, know. It really? just the, a lot of a lot has gone on in the past eight years. Yeah, or there's so, been a lot. Ten of, years. A lot of river has flown under the bridge. And our kids grew up. Oh so gosh. that was. We you know. I'm glad we're part of that. A part of it is I'm glad we're talking today because I was asking Tamara. I said last night. I said, "How? When did we meet, Mark and Shannon? Now we know where we met. Yes. Or, right." Yes. But the how long ago? And we so we started doing math, and neither she or I, she more than I, but I'm not a math genius, so I'm like yes. I, I always count back from Mariah. I, exactly, only, the right? oldest child. So, yes. So she's 25, 24, and I'm counting. I'm like right. So the best we could come up with is we think we were middle school. I think it was about 2007, 2008, around was it that the, time. Was it at that church over in Mesquite off of yes, Oats? Yes, Oats yes. Drive. Oats Drive uh, Baptist, Baptist maybe. It yeah. was a co-op that we met at, yes. And our kids became fast friends. And then we all became fast friends, which was such a blessing at that time. And um, I remember all I, I, I remember a lot. But what I remember most is hanging out with Mark and a bunch of guys up at... I don't remember uh, the name. Ranch? Java Ranch. Java Ranch. Yes. yes. Um, bringing the kids up there and yeah. they would hang out with Dagan and Kennedy and uh, Asher. Yes. Josiah. Anyway, I remember all of that. Mm-hmm. Those were those were good those times. Those were good days. I think they had a, a great time together. And then I can remember just staying up there mm-hmm. for like, after closing for like two or three hours and just hanging out with Mark and some of the other guys just talking. That was, yes. those were fun times. Those are good days. I feel like I keep looking over there and I feel like that I may be the one that's not doing his job and keeping everything flowing. And know this, I can edit some of this too. So okay. we're good. So you've been busy. I have the last been five busy. Years. Yes. Now, hold on. I, because I want to get, uh, the reality is you've been busy for a lot longer than five years. Yes. I, I don't, I don't say that to imply that you just like, we're hanging out. Exactly. Pre five yes. years. Yes. But the last five years have been particularly, um, focused and busy. Yes, they have. Um, I started school in 2014. Um, and so from the time I began school in 2014, I just, hit the road running and took a lot of classes and, um, you know, continued to be a mom and, you know, do that kind of thing, you know, take care of the home and the family and all that kind of stuff. But, um, 
I was taking a lot of classes and trying to get through it because I, my goal was to try to finish before I was 50, before I'm 50. Mm. And so I did. I'm only 48 today. So I actually did finish before I was 50. But yeah. That's, well, I'm going to get to all of that. I want to okay. talk. I want to like drill down into those five years. I, where I, I don't want to just gloss over and go, hey, I went to school for five years, graduated. Yes. Boom. Mic drop and walk out. I, I want to drill down um, and find out what it was like. But I, I want to give some history up to that because I feel like if we only talked about that that five years, it loses in, in my mind, it loses its impact if you don't know kind of what led to it. So I want to talk I wanna I wanna back up some and and talk a little bit about like where you grew up, all of that, and then I think it makes those five years much more impactful and meaningful because again, I, I, I don't want to, I, th- I think that we're, I would like folks out there who may have similar thoughts that, that you have, um, dreams, goals, it may not be school, but other things I, they need to know that. Okay. Well, I have a similar backstory that she does. Why couldn't I? Right. Right. So I'm curious, like, where did you, where did you grow up? I, these are questions that I really don't think I ever asked. Yeah, you uh, you probably don't know. Um, I was born in Dallas, but uh, I grew up in Kentucky. Most of my childhood was in Kentucky. Um, that's because mom is from Kentucky, dad's from Texas. So we, we did some moving back and forth throughout my childhood. Um, I moved to Texas for the last time in, when I was 13 years old, and that's when I began middle school here in Mesquite at Vanston Middle School. You went to Vanston? Yes, I did, and it was major culture shock for me, I, I'm not going to lie, because I had been in such a small town in a small school in Kentucky and felt you know popular and everything, and I moved to Vanston, and I felt just, you know, some culture shock. Um, I was there for only a half a year and then I went to North Mesquite and so So you moved there in eighth grade. Yes, eighth grade. Okay. Yes, middle of eighth grade. So, so just out of curiosity, was Mr. Childress still the the principal there? At Vanston? Yeah. I don't remember. So his wife, because you weren't there long enough. Yeah. So like his wife was my sixth grade teacher at Joe Lawrence in Mesquite. Oh really? Yeah, so I went to I went through the Mesquite you school. You went to Lawrence? System. Yes. That's where I'm at. Oh, but I'll tell you. Well, that, that I went through the Mesquite school system, awesome. right? So I, I first grade, Joe Lawrence, all the way through sixth grade. And then right as I was supposed to go to Vanston, we moved to Sunnyvale. Oh, okay. And then I started going to Sunnyvale. But my last year at Joe Lawrence, it's so weird that I remember this, but my, I, I think it was my English teacher, uh, Miss Childress. Her husband was the principal at Vanston. So I was just curious wow. if maybe you knew him. Yeah. No, I don't remember much about Vanston, except for, you know how you always remember the sad stories, you mm. know? So I remember they have like one-way hallways. You can only walk one way. I didn't know what a, I didn't know what a one-way hallway was, so I would walk backwards and get in trouble. Right. Um, things like that. Um, I ate my first Frito pie at Vanston. <laughs> that, that, was, that was amazing. Is that a Texas thing? It is a Texas thing. Really? I had never so heard Kentucky, of Frito Pie. No. Didn't know what it was, so that was amazing. Wow. Um, All right. Yeah. I did not so, know that. Yeah. So moving to Texas was a culture shock, even though I was born here. It was just kind of, you know, new. And um, it's hard to move when you're 13 years old. I think for any 13-year-old, it's just kind of a, a hard transition time. But I got through it. Especially that far. 
Yes, that far. I mean, yeah. I, we moved to Sunnyvale, but that's like five minutes away. Right, right. Right. All my friends were still in Mesquite. I still hung out with them for the rest of my life. That's um, neat. So it was really nothing. Now, I did go to North Mesquite my freshman year. Um, we may have been there at the same time. I don't know how you're younger. Well, I'm 53. No, I'm not younger than you. You're older than me. Okay. Yeah, I'm 53. Um, I graduated in 84. Um, and then after my ninth grade year, we moved to Forney. Or we stayed in Sunnyville, but I moved to Forney. Oh, okay. Um, Back when it, so, Forney was country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> That's not even. Yeah. So did you go, did you went to North Mesquite? I did. Then? I went to North Mesquite. I graduated in 89. Um, and while I was there, I, I really felt that I found my place um, in choir. Um, you know, that was something that was really important to me. Music has always been important to me. And so I felt, you know, I found my people in at North Mesquite and I felt it was a good time. Um, I didn't take my academics as seriously as I wish I could. I would have. Um I just didn't have that academic drive, mm. um, so I wish I could. I wish I could go back and redo it and do better. But um, that being said, um, I did graduate. So you graduated from North Mesquite. Yes. Now. Okay. Yes. And um, I was also really active in the youth group at that time in Mesquite, and I think that was really helpful for me mm. because it helped me to have a place to connect and you know kind of grow in my faith yeah. um so i i started attending mesquite church of christ in i think 85 84 and so that was very crucial for me a crucial point for me in my life just to feel that i had people that i could connect with and that you know we were fellow christians and right so yes so net so did you meet is that when you met mark that's when i met mark that was my next question yes. so you're married to a friend of mine obviously yes. mark tombs i i say that I, we should probably back up just a little bit. So everybody, I, I want to, I, I do maybe at this point kind of want to let everybody know. So we met obviously after you guys were married. And when I say Mark, my friend, you met my wife at a yes. homeschool co-op because we homeschooled. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But just when yes. I say a friend of mine, yes. I don't want anybody getting the wrong idea. I, I met Mark through you, yes. not yes. vice versa. Yes. And it was, it was perfect. And we, we were, uh, like I said earlier, fast friends. I think it was really great to be, to meet you guys at that time. But yes, I met Mark at Mesquite Church of Christ in the fall of, of 85. And uh, I'll never forget, I didn't like him right off the bat. Like, it was just like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to be nice to this person, but he's not being nice back. Um, so I invited, I said, <laughs> yeah. I met them, I met he and his brother, and I said, hey, uh, we have a devotional tonight after church. Would you guys like to come? And he was like, no. And it had a really... He ugly, said that? Yeah, he said that. And I was like, well, why not? He's like, well, I just I just don't want to. And I, I said, well, why not? And he's like, well, our parents won't let us. My dad won't let us. And I was like, oh, really? Well, where is your dad? And so... Is this big enough? Yes, yes. So Jason, his brother, points to dad over there. And I'm like, I go up to his dad. I don't know him at all. I'm like, hi, my name's Shannon. And of course, he's all like, hi. You know, he thinks I'm nice and everything. And I said, come over, we'll make some fish. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We'll fry some fish. I said, your sons over here say that they're not allowed to go to this high school devotional tonight. Is that true? And I said, they want to go. And he was like, of course they're allowed to go. Yes, they will go. And Mark is just glaring over his shoulder at me like, I hate you already. Oh, man. (laughs) You know, so his parents, his dad made him go to the devotional that night. And of course... 
he and I never spoke again. We we kept our distance from there on. You know, we were like just see each other so across were the you room. Hitting on Mark at this point? No, I was not. I was okay. just trying to be very so nice. They were visiting our church. I had already right. been there a few months, and I was just trying to be nice. Like here are these visitors. Uh, you know, I'm going to invite them to this thing. And they were, he was not very nice because he. So you're the outgoing girl at the church, right? Yes. They always have one. Exactly. Right? I was the outgoing so was person, you. trying to be nice. And Jason was very nice. So I always call him the nice brother. Like nice. even to this day, I'm like, <laughs> Amy, you got the nice brother, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, and Mark, uh, you know, Mark and I, we kept our distance for the next three to four years. Um, really? We, yeah. Long? We were friend, uh, friends friends as far as youth group friends, but we were never close, you know, for for several years after that. Yeah. So it just kind of, he was going through a tough time too, and it was a new church and he wasn't really wanting to be there um, type thing. Got so, um, but at, he, he fit right in after a while and, and felt at home as well. But there was just that time where he was not into it. So now you guys did get married though, obviously. Yes. So how, so you said you kept your distance for three or four years. Right. So, Three or four year mark? What? So we graduated. I graduated from high school in 89. And then um, I went to a program called Adventures and Missions. And it's in Lubbock, Texas. Okay. I and three others from my church, we all went. So Mark was one of those. Got it. Uh, my friend Crystal, my friend Cheryl, and then me and Mark. And we went as a group out to Lubbock. And um, at that time, once we had been in Lubbock for about six months, Mark and I started dating then. So, so he's in Lubbock as well. Yes, we were in the same program okay. in, in Lubbock. Okay. And so it was really funny because at home, everybody was so surprised that we were dating. They, you know, just didn't see it I'm coming. surprised you're dating. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I just now heard the story. I get it. Why are you dating this guy? I don't know. Why is he dating you? <laughs> well, he says he was just waiting his turn because I was dating other people during high school and some of them were his friends and uh, he didn't like me for that reason because right. I was taking his friends away from him, you know, right. so, all been there. um, yeah, so it all worked out. So married, what year would 91, we 91. got married in 91. Okay. Um, we spent some time in Mexico city during the missions program. Um, in 1990, we went down to Mexico city and, and stayed there for about 13 months. Okay. And we were not married at the time. It, we were with different, uh, you know, live with different roommates. Okay. Um, and we were missionary apprentices at that time. And we um, really enjoyed our time there, learned Spanish. Uh, we held Bible studies on the college campus and stuff like that. Um, and so we were engaged at Which that time. Which college campus, by the way? Uh, university of Mexico. Okay. Um, it's in Mexico City. It's a okay. really big university. Okay. Um, so we spent a lot of time there. And then we were engaged at the time, but we were in a program that didn't allow dating and didn't allow, you know, people to be engaged, obviously. Right. So we were threatened right off the bat, like, okay, we heard, we heard that you two are engaged. So if you can pretend that you're not dating and no one finds out that you're dating, we'll, we'll put you on probation, let you stay here. You know, we'll see if you can handle nice. it. But if you guys act like you're dating at all, you're going, you're going home. There's nothing like being blacklisted so, by the church. Exactly. <laughs> There is nothing so. worse than that list. <laughs> Listen, man, I would rather be on any list. Exactly. Except the church's exactly. blacklist. Yeah. I, so I feel bad for like Roman Catholics who get on the blacklist. Yeah. I that's mean, not good. That's hell. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to hell. Not, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can pull out we, of the Church of Christ <laughs> or a Baptist or whatever. You, yeah. That is so true. I'm just telling you. That's true. Don't do it. So, so, so you got married in when you came back. Yes. We came back. So you didn't do it down there. Okay. We, we, uh, yeah, it was funny. At the end of our time in Mexico, um, we we told everyone we were going home to get married. And they're like, wait, you two are getting married? And we're like, yeah. 
they're like, oh, we thought you were brother and sister, you know, and I'm like, we did it. We made it, you know. Love, you know, you, you tell brothers and sisters, right, by how they hold hands. Exactly. If they hold hands like this, that's brother, that's sister. That's brother, sister. When they hold hands like this. That's not brother, sister. When you sister. interlock fingers, that's. that's, that's yeah, that's, that took that's, it another step. Yeah, so. What, were you guys holding hands like this? We were not there? holding hands at all. Okay, I mean, we, gotcha. we, we were we were trying to live by the rules of we're not going to act like we're dating, you know, at least in public right. or whatever. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of an interesting dating experience. And that was we were engaged. So, so. Were, you, were you dating the whole time you were there? Yes. All right, okay. Yes. Gotcha. So yes. you went. We went engaged. You went knowing you're breaking the rules. Yes. You're rebels. We, we went. Freaking yeah, rebels. we were already engaged when we went down there. And they, you know, we told our coordinators and they were like, well, probation, you know, we'll see how you do. And I feel like we did pretty well. I mean, Sons and daughters of anarchy. Exactly. <laughs> start calling Mark Jacks Teller. So, so you, now you've been married. How many? How, so you married in 91. So what is that? 20, 28 years. 28 years. Yes. 28 no, years. Guy, so. Yeah. I'm not either. I'm not really a math so, person. So kids. Obviously. We have, yes, we have four kids. Kennedy, um, she's 25 now. Wow. Uh, she's a teacher in Mesquite. She's nice. teaching at a classical academy. Uh, I know where school. she is. Oh, I, you do. She is. She is a uh, teacher along with someone who goes to our church. Marlena. Really? Oh, yeah. yes. I know Marlena. Yeah. I met her once. Yes. Yeah. So, as a matter of fact, um, that school is like kind of getting stocked with like people that we know. Oh, like, the staff is amazing. Yeah. They are amazing. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I'm, this is your story. I'll, that's I'll okay. we'll talk that's about okay. this yeah. later afterwards. But there are probably more of us that are going. Oh, like yes. They're graduating and going there. And it's a great school. And I think it was such a great place for her to land because she find, she kind of found her people that she connects with as far as literature and, you know, the classics and all that stuff. So, yes. Yeah. But I know. Okay. So then I have a son that's 23. I think that's right. He was born in 95. Um, and he is in Germany right now. He's in the Air Force. So. And by the way, um, how's he feeling? He's great. He's yeah. doing great. Uh, he had some uh, cardiac issues a couple of years ago, things that we didn't even know he had. But he, it turns out he was born with a heart. Um, it's called Wolf-Parkinson-White. Hmm. So it's an extra pathway, an extra ele- electrical pathway. Hmm. And so once he got into the military, that's when it started causing trouble because he was doing some running, you know, right. a lot of running. Right. Um, so, but he, uh, he flew to DC, got, uh, got it all fixed up and they sent him back to Germany and he's having the time of his life. He, Mark he, loves, said he feels better than he ever did. He does. He can run. He says he can run better that he didn't know that there was a problem before, you know, yeah. but once you get, get it fixed, you're like, wow. And so now we call him the bionic man, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause he has a little, uh, recorder in to just record the electrical right. activity. But he's doing really well. Good. He loves so, Europe. And he's in Germany now? He's in Germany. So he's, is he over there? For, how long is he going to be he'll there? He'll be there at least one more year. Okay. And we haven't seen him in about 14, 15 months. So that's kind of getting hard. But, you know, oh he's gosh. he's traveling. And that's we're happy about that. Yeah, we're happy that he's him. getting that opportunity. Um, and he's still he's studying while he's in the Air Force as well. So good. he's trying to do some of that. So he's doing well. That's awesome. Yeah. And who's next? And then next is Asher. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to tell you right now, I love Asher only less than my own children. Oh, wow. Beyond that, I am Asher's biggest fan in the world. 
by far. I don't think you can be because I am. Okay, only second to you. <laughs> but that and, dude oh, is the most him. awesome guy. He's I've ever gold. Met. He's a, he's a, that's what I think. He's a golden person. He's just one of those people that has such a true genuine spirit mm. and everyone I know loves him and I, of course I love him you know that I'm yeah. a mom and the kids all joke about how he's my favorite and I try really hard not to be having favorites he's but, my favorite you know he's amazing you know so I love all of my kids but Asher's my favorite <clears throat> well thank you so <laughs> He is a musician uh, he has just really taken to the guitar and mandolin and plays electric guitar now and so he's in a band kind of a garage band i guess that's what right. you call it um and they're they've had a couple of gigs What's their name? it's called mode 88 right. and of course they've got some growing pains as every band does trying to figure out you know make decisions and agree but they really are pretty good for you know being such a young band if it was easy everybody do it exactly yeah so i thought i've listened to, i listened to um whatever it was i Ever, was it two or three or whatever it was yes. that you put out on your Facebook page? I listened to those. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, man, I got to get on the mailing list. Right. They're, those guys are awesome. They're going somewhere. Yeah, I, I think they really, you know, could go somewhere. I think they have potential at yeah. least. So we'll see. Um, and he's going to, he's in college right now. He doesn't know what he wants to be when he grows up. So we're kind of. He looks just, like he wants to be a rock star. I think star. he wants to be a rock star. And if that works out, then that'd be great. I think he's awesome. You know, I would like for him to be a history teacher because he loves history. <laughs> well, you know what? You need choices in life. You have to have a backup plan. I, wa <laughs> I want to be a rock star, but at the end of the day, I would be willing to teach yes. Renaissance history. There you go. See, there are options. You know, he needs a back, a plan B. <laughs> awesome you got to have that? a plan B. You know, Alice Cooper, he is a microbiologist. Well, see, there you now, go. I, I don't know if that's true or not. And I think honest, Sting, I don't, Sting was a, te a high school was he? literature I, teacher right or something like that. Yeah. You know, so see. It, Plans. Yeah. Exactly. I think he can do you both. Need a plan. He could do both. So, yeah. And then there's Jadera, and she's the darling. She's just. Um, a great person, and she's, uh, how old is she now? <clears throat> she's 18. She feel I feel like she's about 25. She's just well, she's one of those second people. second year of college, though, isn't she? She is. She has about 40 hours done, so she is well on her way to getting her associates. She wants to go to the University of Texas in San Antonio, hmm. so um, we're thinking probably next fall she'll yep. go there. And she's thinking about majoring in business and psychology both, <laughs> you know, like a double major. Right. She loves psychology, but people keep, you know, kind of discouraging her from just majoring in psychology. Mm. So she's thinking about doing both. Right. So. Well, you know, if you can, if you can just understand how those lion people are doing their business in business, you know, psychology degree, that would make sense that you'd be successful. Yeah. You never... figure out why these people are so messed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, it, so what is, does she like, we talked a little bit about like, like Kennedy's a teacher, uh, Dagan's in the Air Military. Force. Um, uh, I guess Asher's going to be a rock and roll history teacher. <laughs> what is does? Now, what is, fair enough, right? She's eighteen. Does she? She's like, eighteen. Have plans she she has other than school. She really wants to work with veterans. She she really? has a heart for veterans. Um, I come from a long line of military in my family. Um, she got really interested when she did a paper and, and interviewed my brother last year. My brother's a, a veteran, a Marine Corps, always a Marine, but right. he's a veteran of Desert Storm. Um, so she really enjoyed getting to interview him and just kind of 
understanding some of the challenges that veterans face when they come back as far as PTSD and, you know, a lot of the suicide rates are so high. Am I not? I'm okay. Um, So she is interested in doing some kind of counseling uh, for veterans. Um, Oh, nice. So that's why, you know, she wants to major in psychology. Um, And then business, I think she got really interested in business, just working uh, in Chick-fil-A at Chick-fil-A for several years. And she um, was able to get into the management uh, management position and she loved it. Um, It was fast paced. Um, So she she's taken some time off from that right now just to focus on her schooling. Um, But anyway, that that's kind of her idea of what she's thinking about doing. So that's the kids. That's Mark. That's the marriage. Yep. What life plans did you and Mark have when you guys got married? Um, I know where Mark went, well, right? Yes. I know he he had a straight line to ministry, service yes. in the church. He Yes, right? he was called early on. Like he felt the Lord was calling him when he was 15 right. years old. I think it was 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he knew early on that ministry is what he wanted to do. And so that's one of the things that he told me when he, you know, proposed, asked me to marry him. He said, you know, I feel that the Lord's calling me to go a lot of places and do a lot of things. And I, I just need you to know that that's going to be my life. And are you okay with that? Mm. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I will be here for you. I'll do that with you. Mm. And so, you know, I knew early on that that was, that I would be a minister's wife Mm. and, and, and I was okay with that because I've also felt called to, you know, serve the Lord in some way, you right. know, we had done mission work together already right. um, in, in Mexico. And we knew that we loved Mexico and that culture and, and would, would eventually want to go back or serve the Hispanic people in some way, Latin American people. And so that's, that was kind of one of our goals. We don't really, we're not like big life planners. Like we never set out and said, Hey, this is what we're going to do. But I know that we knew early on that the Lord had called us to work together, um, in a church, church setting. And I wanted to have children. I had, um, grown up watching little house on the prairie and I idolized ma, you know, Caroline Ingalls. And so that was kind of in my, my mindset like that. I wanted to be her and I wanted to be the perfect mother like Caroline Ingalls was. And so, cause those exist. They exist. Yeah. They're they're somewhere out there. (laughs) They exist on TV. Right. And, um, you know, that was just uh, what I wanted. I wanted to have a house full of children. I wanted to have, I don't know if you ever remember seeing the Waltons, the Walton oh, family. The okay. You remember the really long farm table that was like 10, 12 foot long and sure. really narrow. I wanted one of those. And then I wanted to fill it up with children, you right. know, just have that many family members in my home. Well, I wonder if people are so attracted. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not. And I certainly wouldn't blame it on the Waltons, but why some people, um, they don't have big tables anymore, right? but they're really attracted to big, long islands in their kitchen because there's something like subconsciously like, I need a gathering place. Yeah. yeah there has to yeah, be a place yeah. where I can get everybody in there and get around something so that we're looking at each other. Right. Because we, we just bought a house. The area where we would put the table is not very big. It's not big But enough. the island is about 150 yards wow. long. It's just <laughs> stupid. But it's a place where you would gather. And it's funny how we don't talk about the dinner table where we'd gather. We're talking about how can we get chairs around the island. That's really neat. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's just you've moved the table. Right. And it's it's I think it's just important for families to eat together no matter where it is, whether it be around the island or around the table. 
I think it's something that is just really important for families to have a regular meal time and know that, hey, we're going to all meet at the table at the end of the day and try to, you know, break bread together and just mm. discuss the day and bear each other's burdens. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's kind of lost in our culture now. I just, you know, as far as eating together around the table. Yeah. But anyway, I didn't get that table. I didn't get the 12 foot long table. I got like a <laughs> six foot long table and then it was a little bit wider and I didn't get 10 to 12 children. I got four, which was such a blessing. Did you plan your family around the table? Did you get the table first and go, you know what, (laughs) there's still room. We need to get another one in there. Is that how that works? I got the table when uh, my second child was a baby. We actually had it built at the Amish community. And and I gave the man the plans for the long, narrow table. That's exactly what I wanted. But when we picked the table up, it was not long and narrow. It was shorter and wider. And I was, he said, that design just wouldn't work, you know, as far as I don't know. Ridiculous yeah. Amish. How, so, do you yeah. Know? What do they know? So I don't know if he <laughs> jinxed me and that's why I only had four children or what happened there. But right. anyway, we still have the table and we've had lots of good times and, and hard times at that table. Uh, so, so, so did you, um, I'm trying to remember that's not, I'm not thinking that right. So have you guys always lived where like in where you are now like when you got married like were you did you leave the country again we did, did you come we, back we, your kids lived out of the country yes yes um we uh when we got married uh and as i said we knew you know right off the bat we were going to be in ministry mm-hmm. um so we started out in west texas we had kennedy and lubbock this is a funny story we we actually had one child a uh, a child in each state we lived in. So we had Kennedy in Texas. Then we Wait, moved. Say that again. You yeah. had a, we had so a, in every state you lived in, you had a child. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, so Kennedy was born in Texas and then we moved to Oklahoma and Dagan was born in Ada, Oklahoma. And then we moved to Colorado and Asher was born in Loveland, Colorado. And then we moved down to Louisiana and Jader was born there in Natchitoches, Louisiana. So, um, then we moved to Oaxaca, Mexico, and we did not have any children there. So that's where the streak stopped. <laughs> it stopped you know, in Mexico. It stopped. it stopped in Mexico. I, you know, I, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that you... We moved a lot. That reminds me. It's funny. While you were telling that story, all I could think about was this uh, movie called Four Christmases with uh, Vince Vaughn and the big square jaw girl, blonde... Uh, Witherspoon. Oh, Reese. Reese Reese, Witherspoon. Yes. And they go home to visit Vince Vaughn's family, and it's like each brother is named after a city. Oh. So, like, there's Dallas, there's Orlando, (laughs) and there's this. Yeah, exactly. You were telling me the state thing. All I could think was Orlando, Dallas. You know, we should have done that. We should have named them after their state. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that would have been interesting. That's that's how they know where they grew up, right? Yeah, they knew. Yeah. So, so when you come back for good after after the moving, right? You come back for good. You plant here in Mesquite. Yes, um, we had spent about two years in Oaxaca, Mexico, um, as mission uh, missionaries working with a church there. Um, our kids were with us. We lived there for a couple of years, and um, we weren't there as long as we had anticipated. Just some things, kind of a long story, but we really enjoyed our time there and loved the people there um, and loved our work. We moved back to Mesquite as a temporary situation just to kind of figure out what the next step was, where we would be next. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time that our, our parents 
Mark's parents' home church was kind of going through some transition um, and needed just a little bit of help, you know, as far as um, preaching. So Mark started preaching for them just on a part-time basis. And before you know it, we were asked, he was asked to be the the minister of that church. Now that's where we met y'all, right? Yes. And that's okay. where we were when you met us. It was called New Hope Church. Yes. Got it. Um, and so we started there in, I think, 2006. It was 2006. Mm-hmm. And we've been with that church ever since. It has gone through some a name change and that kind of right. thing, but it is the same congregation. And right. so we've been here about 13 years. So, so now I want to start uh, angling toward you, right? Okay. To you solo. Um, but I do have a couple of quick questions. So you've been home the majority of your kids' lives, right? Yes. It, or up until, right? Yes. Like yes. so far you've been a, a mom- a stay-at-home mom. You didn't have a quote-unquote job outside the home. It was at home. Right. You homeschooled your kids up until high school. Yes. We did the same thing. Just get to high school, then they start private school, which I don't know if you had similar thoughts and whatever. It's it's that transition period, right, where I know at least in my house, the mom who's – this has been her full-time job – you, she starts asking herself, okay, like now there's what? like, hopefully, Lord willing, you're right, there's another 50, 60 years of yes. life left. Yes. What now? Right. right? So right. I'm, I'm curious, are you asking these questions when you start? I do, yes, I think so. I, it wasn't really when my kids went to high school because I, um, when they started the private school, I started babysitting, keeping some children in my home in order to, you know, get pay for their tuition. Mm-hmm. So I, I was still busy in the home and still, you know, doing the groceries and the meals and the cleaning and all that. Right. Um, and it didn't, I, I didn't really start thinking what now until my oldest two were both in college. And I, I started realizing, you know what, they're all about to leave me. Like these people that I've built my life around in my world, they're my world they're growing up and, and it's normal. It's natural for them to grow up and go away. And I thought I've got to start thinking about myself as a separate entity from them, Mm -hmm. which I had never done until that time. And so I just, I felt like they were my heart. They were who I was. They were my identity. And so I had to kind of pull away from that and start thinking, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Because like you said, you know, if the Lord gives us 40 to 50 more years, you know, we need to, to use that time wisely and do something with our lives. And I mean, I love knitting and cross stitching as much as the other person, but I don't want that to be my only thing right now. You know, I'm going to wait till I'm 80 something and then I'll sit around and knit, you know? So, so Mark goes to seminary. Yes. Right. He's in school for a number of years. I remember that time. So I'm curious. So he graduates, um, well, like six years ago, seven years ago, maybe long, 10 years yeah, ago. I think about, yeah, about eight years ago, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so he 2012. Gradu- so mm-hmm. I'm curious if during the course of that time, or maybe not, maybe that was too early. Maybe you mm-hmm. weren't thinking about mm-hmm. it at that time. But I was curious to ask if while he was in school, was it, did you start getting itchy about school? I did. I did. I, I thought, you know, um, I didn't, uh, somehow I missed that, like that phase of my life where I went to college and, 
um, got to study and learn. And I always the reason I loved homeschooling. Well, one of the reasons I loved homeschooling is because I felt like I was learning something all the time. And I loved learning. I've always loved learning. And so it wasn't that I didn't go to college earlier, because I just don't like the academic world. It just didn't happen. I was busy, you know, having children and just taking care of my home and family. And we were moving a lot so that homeschooling was just a great way to uh, help them transition from state to state, in other words. But so did you have college experience before? I did not. Like when you graduated high school, did well, you go to college? Well, what we did, I went to an adventure, the Adventures and Missions program, which is an eight-month um, Bible program where you study with the um, professors of that that school, the School of Preaching. Um, so I did, you know, have homework and books and that kind of thing. And then, you know, the time in Mexico I was studying, but it was Spanish. I, mm-hmm. I took Spanish, like at the University of Mexico for foreigners. Um, and so... It's not that I wasn't doing academic work. It's just that it wasn't like the regular, what you think of as college. Like a know. career path college. Yes, career path. Right. Um, and Mar- when Mark and I got married, we actually went back to the School of Preaching. And I was in the women's program. I did the the studies, the women's studies, mm-hmm. which are, you know, the basic biblical biblical courses. And then some, right. some things geared to women. Um, so... I, I went to college early on, but it wasn't regular college. So w- in August of 14, when I signed up for my first class at Eastfield, I had to go to like new student orientation and uh, the class about how to be a student and things like that. You know, even though I was a mom and an older, you know, lady, I just had to go and do those things. So it was kind of humbling in a way to go, you know, to be in class or, or to go to school with people my kid's age, you yeah. know. So. so what was, what drove you to school then? I mean, you said that if I, if I understood mm-hmm. you right, that when Mark was in school, you started feeling the itch like, mm-hmm. huh. so, but what was it like your kids? Obviously you just said your mm-hmm. two oldest have, mm-hmm. they're in college. Mm-hmm. So Asher and Jader are still at home, but they're not far behind. Right. They're not far behind. And I'll be honest. I mean, this will, this is an honest answer to that question. Um, one of my things that really drove me is that we had been a one income family for many years. Uh Um, not a lot of retirement, not a, no benefits, that type of thing. Yeah. And so I'm just being honest here. That's one of the reasons that I felt like, you know what, I really need to get, uh, I need to get a career or a job. And you know, I could, I could have gone and worked at a fast food place or, or Walmart or target or something like that. But I don't know. I just felt like that wouldn't help us as far as like saving for, you know, retirement, retirement, or getting those benefits that we Mm. needed. And so I thought, you know what, I think I'm going to have to do something that requires a degree. It's a quick fix, but it's not a long term fix. Yes, exactly. I I could get a job out there. You know, I've had several different little jobs throughout my life, but you know, I needed something that was more career um, based. Why, why, why nurse? Did you always want to be a nurse? I, I did. I had that idea early on. Um, I kind of put it aside because, as I said, you know, when you say early on, what's early? Like kid, I teenager? Think, I think around the time I was 20, 21, um, around the time that we got married and had our first child. I think I was 23 when we had her. So I, th- I had the idea, but it, it just never I never really focused on it. I just kind of yeah. put it aside as you don't you don't have time for that or, you know, this is not the right time. Do you have family that are nurses or in healthcare? I mean, no. So it's I don't. like a boy growing up. I want to be a fireman. Exactly. No, my, no, my dad's a truck driver, but yeah. I want to be a fireman. Exactly. Right? That yeah. Kind of thing? Yeah. 
I don't really I just I I've always loved people I'm a people person and I love helping and I feel like I'm you know kind of a hands-on type person I had no idea you know exactly I, I didn't really understand nursing is a lot more involved in like life and death type than I realized, I mm. think, when I started out. It's not just giving penicillin shots. Yeah, it's like, you know, per, a person's life is in your hands for a minute, you know, yeah. and it's just kind of um, a little bit more, you know, serious than I realized, I think, when I started out. Because my idea was just, I want to help people. I love health. I love, you know, nutrition. I like, you know, the healthcare kind of setting. And, you know, I want to help people. But, you know, I didn't realize that medications they're serious, you know, they're serious things. And, um, you know, I got a buddy of mine who's, uh, been a nurse for about 20 years in the exact same place for 20 years. Wow. Um, he's a, what'd you call it? A like a burn nurse at, wow. in park, at parking. Yeah. He's been in the burn unit That's for like amazing. 20 years. I, and I don't That's know how amazing. he's not gone in absolutely insane because he tells me some stories about what comes in there. Yes. He's like, and, and it's like people. from infants to old. And I just think to myself, you got to be a special kind of person. Yes. To, to see what you guys see. Right, right. Right. And not just him. Right. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, you're going to, if you haven't yet, mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're going to see some mm-hmm. stuff that you probably, the, us civilians <laughs> don't get to see and nor do we want right, to see. Right. Right. And, and I think that nurses, uh, they're so, they have you have to be trustworthy you have to be someone that is able to be calm in the middle of a a big you know chaotic scene you know like the burn burns uh what do you call that the burn unit um you have to bring that comfort and that just that sense of calm to those people right. to let them know that you know we're here to take care of you and we're going to do the best we can yeah. to make this okay you know that i mean obviously these people have been through something horrific yeah. and so the nurses are the ones who are going to be there to give them that that emotional support they need. I know, you know, our job is physical, but it's also emotional. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that um, I think the the big the the thing about nursing is it's so much bigger than I realized. And I think it's kind of like parenting. If you knew everything about parenting before you became one, would you sign up for it? I mean, mm. you may, you know, but you you're going to be a little bit more hesitant, yeah. you know, and I feel that way about nursing and ministry for that matter. It's like you, you know, thankfully the Lord doesn't reveal everything to you right up front, you mm. know, innocence right. sometimes or not innocence, ignorance sometimes is bliss, you yeah. know? <laughs> so how did, how, what, what was your thought process as you started considering to go back to school? Right. So you're, it's itching in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. So, but what, so how did you start thinking about it? Well, preparing for it. Uh, I just had to go and see if I could even qualify. Um, I I thought, you know what, I've been out of high school for 25 years. I don't even know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm smart enough, you know. So you have to take the test to enter, you know, entrance test. And um, I knew right away that math was going to be an issue. You know, you talked earlier about how math is is a hard or hard subject. And, you know, um, I had to take some developmental courses in math because I hadn't been in high school. You know, I hadn't been, I'd been out of high school for 25 years. You know, years. before you go on, hold on a mm-hmm. second. Because I saw the look in your eye when you said that. It it almost, I, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is not a judgment. I, if I were you, I would be given the same look. Because mm-hmm. it almost looks like a little bit of shame and a little mm-hmm. bit of, wow. I just, 
when I started, I wasn't good enough to really start. I was going to have to get some a running right. start. And there is no doubt in my mind if somebody, you know, you know, 10 years from now may dig this podcast up and it's not on video yet. Someday, hopefully, mm-hmm. but not today. Mm-hmm. But nobody's going to get to see the look in your eye when you said those words. Mm-hmm. But somebody's going to feel it, but they're not going to know you felt it. Yes. It felt bad. Yeah, it did. But you couldn't just walk in the door and go, okay, well, I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm qualified. Right. And I wasn't, you know, right. I mean, I had to work to get to the level of being qualified. I mean, in no offense, know? you hadn't gone to school in how long? 25 years or so. <laughs> so exactly. Many. And I wasn't really a great student in high school. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I was an average student. I was just kind of getting by. It would be like, it would be like me if I, if I, if you said, Hey Mike, when was the last time you ran a marathon? And I was like, mm-hmm. never, I've never ran a marathon. Yeah. Well, really? So do you think you could probably just go out there tomorrow and run one? Well, no. Probably not. I probably not. need yeah. to go to the gym. I probably <laughs> need to go on a diet. Exactly. Right? Yes. So I, I don't understand. I do understand, but it saddens me that people feel like that they're embarrassed, that they somehow are hindered by, I'm, I haven't done something ever, or at least in a long time, and I feel like I may, I'm not going to be good enough to do it. I'm probably gonna have to, you know, take some, uh, I'm gonna have to do some prep work. Right. Really? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a reason why you start first grade and not 12th grade, right? It's all developmental. You're, you're developing to become a 12th grader is all you're doing. That's what 12 years are for. And then you're developing to become a freshman in college. You spent 12 years in developmental school Mm -hmm. to become a freshman in college. It's almost offensive that you think that I could just walk in and master it. Right, right. And I like the way that you're, I mean, I'm glad you're bringing this point up because I have felt that way. I know we're not really talking about the nursing side of it yet, but I have felt this way as a new nurse as that, you know, I want to be able to just walk in and know, you know, what that is, you know, or, or how to do things. And even though nursing school prepares you, there's no way they can prepare you for every scenario. Mm. And so, you know, it, it is hard to be new and to feel, you know, inadequate or like, you know, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I going to react well? Out of place. Yes. I don't belong here. Yes. yes. Everybody else should be here, but I shouldn't. Yes, exactly. Uh, look at that guy over there or that gal over there. They look like they are really just burning that test up. They no are. problems. But right. I, I'm failing or I'm not, I'm going to get a C, not an A. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times during nursing school I would look around the room at these people that I had come to love and admire so much and just think, these people are so smart. They are so intelligent. How in the world am I in the part, uh, even a part of this? You know, how did I get here? And how do I even measure up to these people? But, you know, um, you know, I don't know if you ever heard this song. I'm sure you have. It's, I'm, it's called Creep by Radiohead. I, so, yes, I've heard it. I don't know if I've heard it all. Yeah. But I have heard it. Yeah. I've heard at least half of it. And it wasn't, yes. It's my the long theme. and short of it is. It's I okay. Yeah, yeah. It's my, I, I, it's kind of my theme song because um, it's, you know, talking about I'm a creep, I'm a weirdo or whatever. What am I doing here? I don't belong here. You know, mm. I've felt that way a lot in the school setting because I would look around the classroom and people would be, you know, they're my kid's age. Right. So. I'm like the oldest one in the class. People think I'm the professor when I first walk in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if you just walked down and just started writing stuff on exactly. the board, Exactly. Right? I could. 
yes. your books out. Yes, I totally could. Hey, totally you in could. the back. Settle down, <laughs> troublemaker. Exactly. But, you know, they figured it out pretty soon. You know, hey, can I borrow your homework? I don't understand it. You know, or something like <laughs> right, that, you right. know. so Exactly. Um, but, you know, it's been so neat. It, I've met so many people along the way that have been so inspiring and so encouraging. And some of them are 22 years old and some of them are 52 years old. And it's just been that really neat experience. I think going to a community college is really good. Mm. I think that people look down on it and think those people are just, you know, they're not good enough or, or that those school, those classes are not good enough. But I feel like I met so many great people that I just want to real quickly. Let's just dispense with some stuff, right? Okay. That we went and interviewed, or we a couple of our kids went and interviewed with some folks at at Eastfield, which is a community college, part of the Dallas County Community College District, right? The funny thing is, is that when you're being taught by someone there, it's typically by an actual PhD. So true. As opposed to when you go to a university and you have TAs teaching you while the while the PhD is sitting in their office, you know, wow, that's doing good, whatever they do. Yeah. So so before someone is so quick to judge yes. a community college, what you might want to do is go actually talk to the people who are teaching you yes. every day in class. That's a great right? idea. I, yeah. Seriously, when you go to when you go to Eastfield, so I'm just I'm I'm thinking about their music program right now. Mm-hmm. It's an actual PhD in every yes. class teaching you from North Texas. That's right. Right. But if you go to North Texas, which has the highest rated music program probably in the country. Right. You rarely ever speak to the actual PhD. You're talking to their teaching assistant. You're talking to a PhD uh, uh, candidate. Whatever. But never. Well, not never, but rarely. Right. Right. right? I think that's such a they great They graduate point. from there, become PhDs at the greatest music program in the world. Or the United States, then they go to the community colleges and teach your kids. That's amazing. So who do you want to talk that to? That is amazing. And I've never thought of it like that. But I will tell you, I mean, I and my kids have gone to the community college I have. And I'll tell you that I rarely, I don't think I ever had a negative experience in a community college with a professor. I think that they all are, are doing their doing well to teach these kids and inspire the kids to keep going. Of course, community college is not a place where you stop. Right. You don't just stay there. Right. You know, and they, they were able to, I know that some of them, some of the professors spoke to my son about, Hey, I'd like to see you go to Princeton or, you know, that kind of thing. They, they try to inspire you to right. see beyond the community college. Like this is a stepping, you know, stepping stone. Right. Um, but I feel like it was a great place for me. Um, and I feel like I, I learned a lot about how to be a student. Um, it's kind of funny because once I, I did also be, I was in a community college for nursing school as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of different. A lot of nurser, nurses go to university for their nursing program. I was actually in Dallas County Community College for that as well. Did you get your, well, I, all right. Okay. I'm going to hold off mm-hmm. on that question. That's fine. We'll get to that. But I did not know that. Yes. I, that was one and those, those programs are kind of looked down upon. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> want to do away with the associate degree nurse. Um, but my thing is, you know, it's a it's a two year program uh, of nursing school. And it's very rigorous because at the end of that two years, when you graduate from nursing school, you have to take the NCLEX, which is a national, whatever it's called, exam for nurses. Mm. Um, that exam is taken by the four-year nurse, the four-year degree nurse, mm. as well as the two-year degree nurse. Mm. So we all take the same NCLEX, which is a really hard exam. But I feel like the two-year nurses 
they only had two years to prepare and they passed it. And the four-year nurses had four and they passed it. But at the end of the day, we have the same license. Right. You know, so I I feel sad that people look down on the associate degree nurses. So Um, I certainly have, I congratulate and have no issues with people who go to big universities. mm -hmm. Good for you. Yeah. Right. But when you're done and the person who went, and you went four years at a university, right, or a person who goes to um, a junior college and then finishes their last two years at, mm-hmm. a, at a university, when you guys get your diploma, right, you are indistinguishable, right? If you both go to North Texas, your four-year degree says North Texas. Right, exactly, yes, Yes. That's all I'm saying. At the end of the story, when it's, it's all the over, same thing. You're you right. You both You're walk right. across the stage and it says North Texas, blah, blah, blah. Great. Right? Yes. So. I know. I think it, I mean, and, and everyone can do it their own way. I just think that I, I hate that community college has gotten such a bad rap because I feel, I felt that we were all prepared when we got to that NCLEX, our class had almost, I think it was a 100% pass rate. I think we all passed our first test. Wow. And that was a big deal, you know, and then I went on to university later. So I didn't, uh, you know, I I didn't stay at the associate degree because I knew, you know, there are a lot of job opportunities that are not available or not open to associate degree nurses because they're trying to do away with that, you know, level. And I understand, you know, we need to do away with it. Just do one, one degree, make it easy. Yeah. Well, not easy. But. Right. I get your point. Make it <laughs> Make simple. Make it simple. Yes. Yeah. It'll never be easy. So were, were, you, uh, were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you a little bit of both about uh, going back to get your degree? I don't think I was nervous. I think I just, you know, like I said earlier, I loved learning. Um, so I would get in those classes and I felt at home in the class. I felt, you know, older than everyone. No, but- not during the class. Before you went, like oh, before. you're pondering, right? Were you, was there nervousness? Was there fear? Was there anxiety? Was there, is it a mixture of excitement and, well, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm not going to be able to do it. I, yes. I'm curious oh, about definitely. what's going through your head. Definitely. Yes. I mean, there's, there's always going to be the fear of the unknown. And so you have, uh, you know, I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't know if I w- would be able to pass the classes. I didn't know if I'd be able to keep up with it hmm. as far as, you know, I have a family and I have other responsibilities in a church. Um, so yeah, there were, there were nerves and there were fears, but I did feel that I had the support of my family. Um, my older two kids who had already been in, cl- in college, they kept saying, I really, I really think you would love college. You really should go. So they were part of, you know, my inspiration. Um, and they, they gave me that, you know, that confidence that this would be okay, that I know you would fit in there, you mm-hmm. know, and I'll never forget, um, early on, I was already in college, but I was at my doctor's office and my, uh, physician, he said, well, what are you going to school for? And I said, well, uh, I'm thinking about going into nursing. Do you think I'm too old for to be a nurse? And he was like, no, you're not too old to be a nurse. Absolutely. You should go for it. You know, and I've thought so many times later, I've thought what he should have told me is you're not too old to be a nurse. You're probably too old for nursing school, though. (laughs) (laughs) So I I wonder how many people, no matter what the career is, right, think, am I too old? Yes. It's interesting that you say that, that you're. I don't know if that's the first thing or the first thing you thought about or the primary thing you were thinking about, but it is interesting to me that you brought it up to somebody. Right. Am I too old? Yes. I, because you are in your 40s, and I, yes. I, I think 
I've already said this, right? You you are not old by any stretch of the imagination. But we tend to look at can I start something based on stages? Right. We tend to think, can I do this at this age? Can I do that at that age? Right. Right. I, right. As though Probably 90-year-olds probably shouldn't get it in their heads they're going to start bodybuilding. True, yeah. Or mountain climbing. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they can. Yeah. But but it's interesting to me that that you bring up age. Did you think, seriously, I, I'm wondering if you even thought about it or if it was just the natural reaction. Like when you said, do you think I'm too old? Did you think that you were physically incapable of walking and sticking somebody with a needle? Right. Or... Why did age jump out at you? Um, I think because I was, you know, nursing is such a physical job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's lifting and bending and, you know, moving. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's you're on your feet a lot. Do you do so. that at home, though? Yes. Do you move, <laughs> yes, lift, I bend? Do. And, yes, I do. I mean, you have four kids. I've <laughs> exactly. got to assume that you've done nothing exactly. for the yeah. last 25 years. But move, That's lift, true. Bend. That's true. And I think, too, I had kind of gone through... Um, like a reawakening with my health before, right, just before I went to school. Mm-hmm. And so I had, you know, tried to start getting healthy, exercising, losing weight, that kind of thing, eating mm-hmm. better, drinking water. And I think that that also gave me the physical stamina to be ready for what I was up against with the nursing school. Because clinicals, you know, nurses, nurses are on their feet at least 12 hours a day. Oh, my gosh. They're just, you know, they just are. Yeah. Um, nursing is, is a hard job for the for the when the ones that are in the hospital, especially they're just it's just nonstop. And yeah. so um, and my doctor knew that when I asked him, do you think I'm too old for nursing? You know, he's like, absolutely not. I think you should do it. You know, so he knew what I probably didn't even know at the time is how physically taxing it could be. Um, so. Yeah. But not every person who goes to nursing school becomes a hospital floor nurse. Exactly. Right. I mean, there's yes, there's a lot of there are exceptions to the rule, and I'm one of those. Well, and, and, <laughs> and there's a lot of different avenues for for nursing, right? You could, yes. I mean, seriously, you could be a private practice nurse. Yes. Um. I mean, or I I remember because I I was in healthcare recruiting for a long time. Um. I mean, if there's a doctor. There's a nurse. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, period. That's a great I mean, point. So if, if a doctor's in something, there's a nurse close by, right? Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. I, I wonder if that, some of that was just from, I, I've not done it before, so I don't know right. what all the opportunities are available to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and when you came out, I was, I was doing some research last night and I was seeing that you worked at a private practice for a while, right? Yes, I did. I did. And you know, when I went to nursing school, I had the idea of becoming a school nurse. Um, that was my idea from the beginning. I never thought, you know, I want to be a hospital nurse. It just, that wasn't what was in my mind. Um, and so I remember the very first uh, few weeks of nursing school when I would mention, you know, because everyone wants to say, well, what specialty are you going into? And they would, you know, like pediatrics, gerontology or whatever. And then when it got to me, I was like, well, I've, I'm thinking about being a school nurse. And everybody just kind of looked at me like, that's weird. You know, why are you here? You know, type thing. And then a lot of them would say, well, you'll have to do hospital first. You know, you'll need to do hospital first. And so I kind of put that whole school nursing on the back burner because I realized that's taboo subject here or whatever, you know. Um, and the thing is about nursing school, no matter what specialty you're going to go into, you're going to have to go through 
bedside training, like hospital, regular hospital bedside it's training. It's like residency and fellowship, right? Yes. You, so, docs yes. Docs have to go. Exactly. You know, we had to do the the regular hospital clinicals, um, the uh, long-term care facilities and acute care and um, maternity, all of the different, the psych hospitals. So while I knew eventually I would probably be in a, either a private practice setting or a school setting, I still needed that experience, mm. um, you know, of being in those different settings. So that, yeah. So what, so what excited you, or, or let's start with this. What, what made you nervous about going back to school? What were your, what were your primary concerns? I mean, you've already mentioned, I mean, the fact that the first thing out of your mouth to that doctor was your age. Yes. That yes. was obviously a concern. What else? What? Um, I think physically, you know, as we mentioned, am I older? I mean, am I physically capable of carrying out the, the duties of a nurse? Um, academically, I was concerned, you know, am I able to keep up with my peers? These people, most of the people that I'll be in school with, they're just coming out of high school or they're you know, younger. And so will I be able to pass the test? Well, will I be able to understand technology? Because Mm -hmm. if you think about it, when we were in high school, we didn't have to, we didn't use computers, or it was a very rare thing. We may may used a typewriter, you know, Um, but we didn't use computers. And nowadays, um, if you if you don't understand and can't operate technology, it's going to make it really hard to be in that that kind of setting, like a career, you know, nursing or any medical setting. And so those were my concerns. Um, Also, my concern is just finding a was finding a balance, like knowing that this is going to take a lot of my time and energy. Am I still going to have enough energy and time to um, devote to my family, my marriage, my my kids who are still at home, um, my church, who I was very active in my church. And those are things that I didn't want to give up, you know. Um, so I was concerned and it was a struggle throughout all of my schooling, my five years of just keeping that balance of yes, being a great student, but at the same time, still being a great mom, still being a great wife, you know, still trying to be an active member in my church. Those were important to me. So, you know, it's interesting to me. I'm just sitting here thinking, um, just like in myself, right? I have no plans on doing this. But I'm just kind of like doing this self-evaluation, this inventory list um, as, as, I, as I listen to you talk about what were the things, right? Mm-hmm. And I find that only one of them occurred to me. If I were to go back to school, the, oh, there's only one thing on here that would concern me. Age. Mm-hmm. I'm old. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've got, if, in five years, I'm almost 60, right? right? But all the other things that you mentioned don't even occur to me. And I wonder how many men who this has just kind of been their thing would even concern themselves with technology. I'll figure it out. Family. I'll figure it out. Church. I'll figure it out. I, but a mom. Yes. A mom. If you think, if you honestly are sitting out there listening to this right now and you believe that there's no differences between the dad and the mom, you are insane. True. That's so I true. I don't even think about it. Right. I, right. I'll figure it out. Right. But the mom is like thinking, listen, there's a lot of stuff that can get sideways if I get sideways, right? That is so true. I got my family. I got my kids. I've got, you know, church. I've got the, I, I mean, you didn't even look like you were sweating listing off the things of what made you nervous. Right. And, well, and the reality is you only got two kids at home. Two are already gone. You've like split your responsibilities in half and you're still going, oh, my age, technology, family, church, Mark, yeah, yeah. 
finance. I, I'm like, I, that's about it. I think, as you know, because you're a parent, once you're a parent, you're never, you're but always going to be a parent. But I'm a parent. I, yeah. I, and I'm still not thinking what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. So I, It's a difference Tamara, between being a mom were, and dad. If Tamara said, you know what, I think I want to go, she would go through this. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how many people are going to be listening to what you're saying right now. And, and the reality is, every one of my podcast shows are directed to different people. Mm-hmm. They're not all for everybody. Right, right. Uh, this is going to be directed primarily to moms who right. are who are in midlife and saying, okay, either my kids are on their way out, they're out, and I don't want, as you said, I'm really good at knitting and I'm really good at all this other stuff, but I just don't want to do that for the rest of my life. Lord willing, I've got 50, 60 more years um, left in me I don't want to. I don't want to watch Oprah for the rest of my life right. and knit. I want to go do something else. And so they're gonna add, they're gonna say to themselves, I, "I'm scared though." Well, what are you scared of? Well, I'm scared of my age. I'm scared it's technolo- technologically above me. I'm scared that my family, whatever, my church, my whatever, it doesn't matter. These are fears that that they're gonna have that you had that you went through, right? And they need to understand that they're not alone. So when they're sitting in their room at night and going, I can't tell anybody the stuff I'm scared about. I mean, I'm, did you tell right. anybody I'm scared of all of this? Um, or did you kind of hold that? Yeah, I probably held it and probably I know didn't Tamara, verbalize it. Tamara doesn't talk about it. Yes. Tamara doesn't talk about when she's scared. I, it's like pulling teeth. What's going on? I, I know something's wrong. Right. But she won't, te- she won't volunteer it. Right. I have to like, really, like, you got to tell me. And it'll, it'll be a week. And, and like, to the point where I'm starting to get mad. Yeah. Like, look, are you mad at me for something? Yeah. What's yeah. going on? And I'm curious, did you just like, did you volunteer it up to Mark and say, Hey man, I here, I'm scared of my age. I'm scared of tech. I'm scared of family. I'm scared. Right. Or, I didn't. And it, I think it's because I'm kind of a, you know, I have that optimist kind of mentality. Like, even though I'm telling you now, those were fears. Yeah, but that's I backside. Yeah, exactly. This is 2020. And I think at that time, I just kind of jump in both feet, you know, just jump in and like, oh, we'll figure this out. So, I mean, I do have that about me that it's just like, oh, this is going to work out, you know, um, and I'm going to work as hard as I can to make it work. Um, and you know what? I think part of it is with all of those things, I can look back at them and say I had someone helping me along the way in each facet of those fears. You know, like I but had. you know what's crazy to me? This is what's crazy to me is that you've just homeschooled four kids all the way up to high school. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when they got to high school, I'm assuming if you're anything like my house, when they come home, you're homeschooling them again. Right. Right. Yeah. So you, you probably, if not fully very close, went through 12 years of school, five times yours. And then all four of your kids. That's a good way to put was it. Was yeah. anybody ever more prepared for college? <laughs> I mean, you, I, I know that you would, right? Unless it's homeschool in a co-op situation, you would never be able to do this. But is anybody more prepared to teach any sector of high school? Ex- then I, I, you put four kids and yourself through 12 years of school. I dare anybody to, to, to act like they're more qualified to go to college. Yeah. That, but you didn't see it that way. I didn't. And, it, you know, I think it, it kind of brings up a thought. Um, you know, I homeschooled my kids early on. And eventually, 
they got my older two especially got too smart for me type thing so that's when we sent them on to a private school but um, the first year that I was at community college I was taking that developmental math mm. and um, <clears throat> excuse me really struggling with it and I look across the table and there's my son Dagan and he's like oh no you've got to do it like this and he takes the paper and he starts trying to patiently explain it to me like negatives and positives and all this stuff and I thought this is so funny. The irony of it all is that one, you know, just a few short years ago, I was explaining math to him. Now he's helping me with my math. You ever see, you ever see those memes on, on the internet of, you know, how the mom has the baby and she's taking care of the baby and then, and it's through the each stage of life. Right. And then the final two, the mom is now in the wheelchair and the son is Kind yes. of holding the mom, that sort of yes. thing. It's very similar to that. Yeah, it was. Think, it was right? very similar to that. And it was such a a special time. Like we 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 went to school together, we rode to school together, um, we studied, you know, we helped each other study for quizzes and I helped him with his Spanish. He helped me with my algebra and um we got through it. But you know, that's you know, with each thing that you encounter, anything that you're that's gonna be hard for you, there's always gonna be someone out there that can help you. Hmm. Um, and you have to ask for it. You have to be humble enough to say, I can't do this or I don't understand this. Please help me. So how did you get to, so you're having these thoughts. I, I'd like to go back to school. Um, whatever, however that worked itself out in your own mind. What, what was it? Who was it? Was it a combination of both that screw it? Giddy up. Let's go. Did you talk it out with Mark, your kids? And they just said, We'll cover you. We got your six. You go. I think it was them. You know, I think honestly it was them. Um, They believed in me. They saw some things in me that I couldn't see myself. And um, I think I've always relied heavily on Mark and his uh, vote of confidence in my life. Hmm. Um, I've been very, you know, reliant on him. And so I think when he said, yeah, I think you should do this, then I felt like it was good. You know, my mom also was really um, a you know, really instrumental in making sure that I did it. You know, once I started mentioning it, she's like, here's my credit card. Um, let's put the books on it, you know, and you know, and not only that, but Dagan had to help me as well. You know, he's, he says, here's my credit card. And then he regretted it later. <laughs> but, you know, people, people come around and, and they see things in you and they, they see potential and they say, you know, I think this is something that you can do. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. And we may have to sacrifice some time with you or, not have norm, you know, the normal household like we had it before. So do you, were you ever concerned? Because I have to assume that some people have this concern. Were you ever concerned that when you sh- finally shared it, right? I think we know in reality it's not going to happen this way, but I am curious if your brain tries to play these psychological tricks on you. Um, when I share this with family and friends, they're going to think I'm insane. I'm 43, Mm -hmm. 42, 43. Do you ever think, first off, they may say to my face, oh, Shannon, you'd be so great at this. You go, girl. But behind my back, they're going to be saying, she's going to wreck the family. Yeah. She's going to take them down. This will be, this is going to be a gigantic flop. Um, She's feeling... I don't really know what women go through. I know men go through like midlife crises. Yes, exactly. Right? Yes. I don't know if women actually have that. 
I but think if you we do, do. Yeah, I think so. I, I would like to think that think humanity so. shares that same trait. Yes, but, I think um, so. Did you ever in your back of your mind think, what are they saying behind my back? Everybody loves me to my face, but are they really, do they really believe in me? I don't. Maybe you don't think Yeah, that. I didn't feel that way. I, I felt like, you know, everybody seems so supportive right off the bat. Um, I think any of the fears would have just been inside of my own head. You know, um, I felt like everyone was Oh, I'm not was suggesting, by the way, they really did that. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. I'm curious. I, I, I wonder sometimes if our psyches, mm-hmm. like, invent ways to keep us from doing what we want to do. Yeah. And what we need to do, right? Because right. you mentioned this wasn't just a want Part of you said we need this. We did. We needed. I mean, this it. is about we need it. One, we I want to do it. This sounds really. This is something I would. I, I really want to do. But this is also. I, and this may be a bit strong, but this is about survival too. Yes. We, you know, we do have to live right beyond age fifty mm-hmm. or right, whatever. Right. right. And we can't depend on our kids to take care of us forever. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm listening. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I put braces on all those little suckers. Exactly. They better pay you back. Yeah. I'm living with some of them. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't care who. And I tell them I all know. every Christmas when they show up, listen. Yes. Your straight teeth. Yes. Right here. That's exactly right. Daddy's coming to yes. live with you. That's exactly and I don't Get really ready. care if you pass me around. Yeah, that, that's cool why we that. had more than one child, so we could be passed around. Pass me around, <laughs> but it's happening. Yes, and that's I'm not good. Exactly, I totally agree. And You're I think my that's retirement right. plan because <laughs> I spent all my retirement exactly. money on your, teeth. on your teeth. Exactly. Yeah. So you're that's taking true. care of me. You know, one of the things I, I think you know, talk about things kind of running through your head. Um, I felt, you know, as we always do, moms always feel mom guilt, and so. Mom guilt became really just, it, it became real because I felt like, you know, if I'm at school, who's going to take care of um, dinner? What, who's going to wash all the clothes? Where, who's going to vacuum? Who's going to let the dog out? You know, like what's going to happen if mom walks away and is not the primary, you know, caregiver of the home and the children? And surely, so. surely guys out there will admit it, right? I would like to think that, I'm sure there's some douchebag husband out there that's not going to step up to the plate and admit this. It, if that's the case and he's listening right now, then please turn it off and go yeah. away. I don't have time <laughs> for people like you. But for the rest of the normal husband, yeah. humans out there on planet human Earth, surely we can all admit if our wives don't do what they do, it's going to fall Everything apart. Everything falls apart. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much Honestly, yeah. I'm not suggesting that husbands are unimportant. I get that. Right. I, I we are important. Yes. But let me explain how this all works. If the wife is gone, yes. it's over, dude. That is so true. I What are we going to eat? <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to eat? I understand you have a full-time job, babe. <laughs> yeah. But I got to eat. Got to eat. Where's My dinner? Clothes need to get done. <laughs> exactly. And so if she shuts it down, <laughs> yes. It's a mess, man. It is. It is. It, it's a mess. And I, I, it's funny to me. It's funny and both uh, a little bit sad because I know that women are going to hear this and they're going to say, man, look, Shannon did it. Shannon Shannon did all the stuff that she did. But yeah, but you, what you need to understand is your family's probably going to pitch in some, but they've just spent the last 25 years yes. getting very accustomed right. to, to a way of life. Right you're probably going to need to still do a lot of that. Right. Not right. all of it. Again, maybe they'll put their dishes in the dishwasher. 
Maybe. Probably not going to wash their clothes. Yeah. Probably not going to make lunch. I, right. You're probably going to just, you're probably adding, not subtracting. Exactly. That is, is a that's lot a of addition, not much yes. subtraction. That's a great way to put it. And, you know, everyone was busy. Um, so it's not that they don't want to help around the house or, you know, that they don't know how to do things. It's just that everyone, when you get into that stage of life where your kids are teenagers and young adults and, you know, my husband's a minister and he's busy, um, everyone has so much on their plate and they don't really think about what's for dinner or, oh, we, we ran out of toilet paper five days ago. You know, they're not, those <laughs> things are not on their radar. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just so funny to me that that just would never occur to me. Yes. I, and I'm, I probably am an a-, a bit absent-minded. I probably don't realize and I don't, I probably don't appreciate her nearly as much as I should. I have no doubt. It's probably right. not a probably. It's probably a definitely. But I'm trying to picture if the wife now is going to be gone for, I don't, you know, however long you go yeah. to school every day. And then it, I'm assuming night Nights studies, studies and yes. weekends. I, I'm probably that dog who gets moved into a new home and he's looking for his bed and he's, where's that water bowl? Dude? <laughs> exactly. Missing, it's in the wrong place, you know? Yeah. Deer in the headlights. Yeah. Did, did, how long did it take for them to recover? Did they ever fully recover? Uh, it's been, it's been a struggle, but you know, Mark really stepped up to the plate. He, before I, before I went to school, he could make scrambled eggs and, <laughs> <laughs> And did, did he know how to do it preschool, <laughs> pre you going back to school? Uh, yes, he was could he do scrambled eggs. That, yeah, that scrambled appliance? eggs was a thing he could do. Sweet. He could do um, pasta, you know. So and um, you so know he there, could boil water. Yes, he could boil water. And there was a time where I had worked at Mardell, and so the the kids always joke about when Daddy was in charge when I was at work. Um, they would eat frozen pizza, so they had a lot of tombstone pizza. I didn't cook. I yeah. mean, when Tamara, when Tamara went back to work, she went back to work for a little while and, and you know, it's, it's always those jobs that it's, it's the schedules are, are funky, yes. right? It's, it's retail basically. Right. Retail. And so she would be gone at night and I would be left to like, I guess Tatino's. Dan- exactly. Tatino's <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, shoot, the cheese, macaroni and cheese. Oh yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all there I got. There you go. See? And quite honestly. If Mariah or Gabrielle were old enough that we felt comfortable with them operating appliances, I didn't even do that. Wow. Yeah. It was like. They could handle it. If I provide you with the ingredients. Yes. Can you do this? Yes. So I I was no use. Yeah. I I had a day job and I felt like it's kind of like, you know how they talk about husbands when they can go change a, uh, a doorknob and they look at you like, do you understand what I just did? Yeah. Do you understand the <laughs> level of work that yes, I, I changed exactly. the doorknob? We think that way. Yeah. We think that every little thing that we do needs like a ticker tape parade. Yeah, and we need to and say the mom thank is you. Like just freaking carrying everything on her back. And right. Like, hey, can you run to the store and get some toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. So exactly. I'm, I, I am curious. Like, you know, how did the how did the because I didn't pitch in. I mean, yeah, I, my wife didn't go do five years of school, she went and just, just got a, got a job and, yeah. and I did nothing. Yeah. I felt like, look, it's, I worked eight hours. Mm-hmm. You've done your time. Well, she worked eight hours and now she's going to work gonna another work. six or mm-hmm. eight and then she's going to come home and finish my job. Right. Right. 
It's and it's I, a lot. To act like I was the only one doing anything. Yeah, it's 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 hard to balance all of that. And and like I said, you know, I did feel the mom guilt because as I told you earlier, you know, my ideal being the ideal mother meant I need to be like Caroline Ingalls, you know, and make your own bread and you that think type of dad thing. Guilt? I don't think so. I don't think I don't I, think they do I don't that. Know what that is. Yeah. But I get mom guilt. Mhm. Mom guilt is real I and it that. starts from the moment you know, you conceive the child, you know, it's just, did you find that you fought that throughout the whole experience? Yes, I did. And you know how you'd er earlier had mentioned, well, you only had two kids at home at that time, but, um, once you're a mom, you know, to a person, whether they're all the way in Europe or whether they're in your own home, Mm. they are still, it's like my heart and mind is always with that person. And so I think, you know, being a mom, you know, it's just, you're always concerned about them. You're always thinking about them. You're always thinking, what can I do to help them? How can I pray for them? Mm. Or I'm worried about them, you know, so whether they're far away or at home, you're still a mom to those, those children. And so I feel like that was always on the back of my mind. So yeah, I think mom guilt was real, but you know, what helped is that my kids were so supportive of me Mm. and they were so proud of me. Mm. Like they would always say, you know, you're doing great. They would write notes to me like, Hey, if you don't pass today, we still love you. You know, cause there were times where it was just, you don't pass, get out. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll never forget Kennedy made cookies for me one day before an exam. And and then I had that note on there that says, we love you no matter what, you know? And so again, one of those times where they're doing to you what you would do. For yes. Them. Yes. And yeah. that I, honestly, that's how I got through it. You yeah. know, knowing that they were behind me and my husband was willing to just sacrifice time and you know, that, you know, it's hard to keep up with all of this. So he would always be the last, you know, he's did on you, the back burner. <laughs> so did you ever, I mean, you got family support. Did you ever though feel times where you're like, um, where you start having regrets? Do you ever, you oh, know, are you thinking yes. to yourself, why am I doing this? This is too much. My family needs me. I, I'm going to fail. In the end, it's not going to work out. I, all of these various things, right, that are that are yes. hitting you, attacking you, yes. you know, and trying to beat you down. Did you have those things? I had those like, things. Like, I'm assuming that you had them from the beginning Yes. until you walk across the stage. You sure do. And one of the first regrets I had was I regretted not doing this sooner. You know, I was so mad at myself for letting 25, 28 years go without going to school. Not that I didn't do important things, you know, because I don't want to change or go back and say, well, I shouldn't have got married so young or I shouldn't have had the children so young because I love who they are and and what we've become together. Because it makes you, it has to make you insane to hear people say you were just a mom. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you were just a mom. Yeah, before. Yeah. Are you kidding? I, I, that makes me crazy when I right. hear people say that. Right. I'm just a mom. Right. Exactly. I, I'm relatively a nonviolent person. I, I want to work things out with my words. Mm-hmm. Use your words, people. Right. Right. But when I hear people say those words, that's the kind of thing. That's, that, those are fighting words. One, you don't understand what motherhood is. Maybe yes. your mom didn't stay at home with you and raise you. Maybe she let others raise you. And, I, and again, no judgment. Right. But when I hear you say you were just a mom, you have now made a judgment. So let me explain to you what that looks like. Right. Right. That's so true. So, you know, in the career world, it's so it's it's strange to be, you know, almost 50 years old. And then you look at my resume and it's like 
you know, one year experience or something like that. Because guess what? You can't put that I was a, I mean, I can't put that on the resume that I was a mom for 25 years and all that that entailed or well, pastor's can, wife or whatever. But the, the guy or gal who looks at it dismisses it as, as not real experience. Right. That's not experience. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's kind of, yeah, it is kind of humbling in a way because I know that what, what I did was important work. Um, and I know that they are who they are partly, you know, because of who Mark and I are, what we've done with them. And so, um, you know, it's just kind of hard because I, I feel that that was life experience that does contribute to my career now, but it's hard to kind of, you, you can't really put that on paper, right. you know? And so there are some things that just can't be explained with paper, right. you know, you just have to meet the person and understand well, the person. Not that, not the right kind of paper. Right, right, right. You need the paper that you get as you walk across that stage. That paper speaks. Right. But the paper that you have to write down of what you did for the first 25 years. Yes. Somehow that's right. irrelevant and too vague and not, you know, it's not, it, it's and, the kind of stuff that just makes, makes you want to just shake somebody. Right. And I, I still hold to the fact that my family is my greatest accomplishment and, you know, going to school, becoming a nurse, those are just extra things. Like that's not that's not really like I feel like what I did with my family, my children was my real work. And this is just extra because I've got to do something with the next, you know, however many years. I I do wonder if, if, if women who have been stay at home moms for ever, how long for the first Mm -hmm. until their kids go out. Right. Mm -hmm. If they feel like somehow they've not contributed enough. And so now I need a career, right? In mm-hmm. quotes, nobody sees it. Mm-hmm. But now I need a quote unquote career to have some sort of fulfillment because because society has said yes. I I need a a real job in mm-hmm. order to um to be a real contributor and to be looked at um where where people aren't looking askance at me, right? Like Right, right. What what have you yeah. been doing for the last 25 yeah. years? And and there are some out there that give others bad raps mm-hmm. I, right it's right. like any career that's right true that's some true. salesmen give other salesmen a bad rap because they're lazy loads right. right right well some mothers some dads give other dads right yes other I dads agree. a bad rap because they're loads some moms who do the stay-at-home mom give other moms who bad raps because they're loads right they're in everywhere but let me tell you what my wife did. Let me tell right. you what you know right. Shannon did. Right. They're not the load. They're the people who actually raised good people. As I look right. up at the wall of yeah. of your kids, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, go. That's what. That's go look the, at their kids. You know, you just the, ask the kids. You know, was this meaningful in your life? You yeah. know, and I and I often do wonder, you know, how they will raise their children. What will they do? Um, what choices will they make? And and you know, I'm. I'm not against career. I think, you know, as I'm in a career now, my daughter's, you know, she's a teacher. She's doing really well. Um, But I just, as I said, for me and our family, I feel that what I did and the time I invested in their hearts and souls and, you know, physical being um, was very valuable. I think it's like anything else. Do what you want to do. Yeah. If you want to work, then work. Right. Man, I don't care. If you want to be a stay-at-home mom and raise, you know, eight kids, God bless you. Yeah. I, I, again, don't care. Right. If you want to go into the military, I'll see you when you get back. Right. I, I yeah. just don't care. 
But what it just makes me insane is, is that somehow I now have, not me, right? I'm spe- as, as the mother, mm-hmm. I now have to reprove myself. Right. After 25 years of proving right. myself, now I got to do it again. Are you kidding me? Right. So yeah. anyway, sorry, yeah. I don't want to soapbox, but that just makes me yeah, insane. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's our so, culture. So, so your kids and Mark are keeping you going through school, helping you fight the fears and so on and so forth. I'm curious, just because I'm curious, what, what were the classes that got you most excited as you were there? What did you like the most about school? Um, I love biology. I love, I love biology. I love, uh, nutrition. I love anything having to do with health. So, Mm. you know, nursing school was, yeah. Um, microbiology was interesting, but it was also more challenging. Um, but I think it was really interesting as far as disease processes control, you know, how disease is spread and that kind of thing. But, um, really I loved all of the health classes um, it's just challenging to know a little bit about everything. You know, that's, I think that's where it's overwhelming because with nurses, you know, you have to kind of know a little bit about all of the systems, the body systems, and then the disease processes, that kind of thing, pathology. Um, so I, like I said, I think I did bite off more than I realized I was going to be chewing <laughs> a lot of times. Um, but uh, the health was the health was interesting. Like but it the makes sense aspect. that that would be the interesting part. Right? I'm going to go yes. into nursing. Yes. It would be weird if you said, you know, I really didn't like the health classes. Right. <laughs> right. It'd be it, right. It's like uh, I'm going to be a math teacher. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I didn't really like math in college. Exactly. But I really love poetry. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe a bad career choice. Exactly. So 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 you really like the the biology, the science piece, right? That kind of yes got your juices flowing. What was it that, what did you kind of recoil at? What was the, what were the things that oh. you just like, man, I, you just, right. Cause okay. I, I tell my kids this all the time, right. They all talk about, you know, dream jobs, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it is they want to do. I said, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what your dream job is. It's irrelevant. There are going to be parts of your dream job that, that you don't like. That, so true. And so you have to constantly be reminding yourself, but I love this other part. This is, this is why I'm here. Yes. This, I have to do this so that I can have this. So I'm curious, so you're loving the science, you're digging that, but what were the other things that you had to pay your dues on to be able to keep doing this? Okay. So one of them would be statistics. That I had to do, and it was not my favorite. And I'll be now, honest. Now, is that a nursing specific class, or is was, that just like a? Well, it's a math. It's a math course that is required for uh, as a prerequisite to the nursing okay. program that I was going into my at the University of Tyler. Got it. Um, I will be honest. Uh, I took uh, statistics while Dagan, my son, was in Germany, and so I can't tell you how many times we did some FaceTime so he could help me with my statistics is homework. A math genius? He's a math guy. He's a math guy. Because you, so. you, this is like the second or third time you've mentioned. I did not Had know Dagan was like a like a math genius. He's. I don't know that he's a math genius, but he's the only math person in our family. So okay, and he wants me to succeed and was yeah. very willing 
willing to help, which I, I have some funny pictures of FaceTime where he's just kind of holding his head in his hands like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, with his head, like his eyes up here. Like, <laughs> I cannot believe she's asking this again. You know, that's and I'm awesome. Like, so I'm glad I took those screenshots because I've sent them to him later. Like, look, Dagan, remember when you helped me with my <laughs> math homework? You know, and so. Right. But yeah, um, statistics. And then another thing, um, uh, research. You know, like evidence-based research, mm. there's a lot of that in the higher, in the upper level courses in nursing school. And I didn't really, I don't really care for that so much. So yeah. that was just kind of, you know, group projects where you're having to do group research and make mm. like this big research paper, evidence-based um, practice stuff. I didn't really care for that so much, so. Well, the good news is, right, so you did this, this five-year journey? Yes. So from the time you started at Eastfield, Yes. Which is the community college we talked about earlier. Yes. And then you're there dose years. Two years. And then from there I went to El Centro College, which is in Dallas. Okay. So what's what do you hold on. So did you okay. have your did you get your associate's degree then at I Eastfield? did not at Eastfield. I what I was doing at Eastfield was uh, gaining enough courses to be competitive in applying for nursing school. Got it. And so the more uh, courses you have, the more points you get in the application process. It's okay. really competitive to get in, okay. especially in a uh, community college program because you have to get in on those points. You can't just get on, you know, you can't just pay for it, in other words, and get right. in. I don't know how to say that. No, I got that. In a nice way. No, I get but, it. But um, that's, that's why I was at Eastfield. I was working really hard to get as many of those credits as I could to be, you know, competitive for getting in the program. And so um, I did that at Eastfield for two years, and then I applied, and I got in on my first round of applications. So is El Centro the nursing part, program piece? Yes, yes. Okay, I got yes. you. I got and you. it is a part of Dallas County Community College right. District, but, uh, you know, it's that their nursing program is at El Centro in Dallas. Okay. And so I got in on the first um, application, and so I was able to begin that in the fall of 16. Um, so... I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, that's yeah, no yeah. perfect. So, so you, is it a year at El Centro? Two years. So four semesters. So two years at Eastfield. Yes. Two years at El Centro. Yes. All right, hold on, because now I'm about to be confused. So when you graduate El Centro, are you, um, are are you? Graduating with an associate's degree in nursing? Yes, associate degree nursing. And then we sit for the NCLEX, which I did that in June of 18. Um, I sat for the NCLEX. And then after I, you know, passed the NCLEX, then I was officially a registered nurse. A registered nurse? Yes. You're an yes. RN? Yes. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's what's Tyler? So then um, I'm, I had an associate degree in nursing. I was a registered nurse, but as I said earlier, a lot of the hospitals and places want you to have a bachelor's of science in nursing, even though you're a registered nurse, so you're licensed in the same way that a bachelor's nurse is, mm -hmm. um, they really prefer you to have a bachelor's. So that's why I went immediately from my associate program into a bachelor's program. So in, in my, so this is again, a non-college graduate, so let me ask you this, so Typically, when a person gets their associate's degree, it's typically a two-year right. course, right? Right. But you've done it for three. It took me four years to get to but that level, yes. Associates. But then you only went to school one more year and got a bachelor's. Did right. you just like cram like 
did you do like, were you doing like summer semesters, yes. winter semesters? Yes. So you crammed two years into a year. Basically, yes. And they okay. and then some of these programs, they're called bridge programs. Uh-huh. So they'll accept um, nurses. It's called RN to BSN program. And so they'll actually accept students that are already registered nurses. Um, and they, they give you, you know, coursework geared towards um, getting that bachelor's done. Okay. And so they'll accept some of the courses from my four years of community college courses, you know, to make that bachelor's program complete. I don't know if that makes sense. Nope, it so, does. Um, that's why it took me about 14 months for the bachelor's instead of, you know, the two years. So now so, you graduated. Yes. So now I've graduated. Now you graduated. Congratulations, yes, by you, the way. I don't think I've you. yet actually said the word. Thank you. Congratulations. I saw it on your Facebook page. I yes, saw the, uh, the, diploma. the diploma. So now what I didn't see is I didn't see, did you, were there, were there stage walkings I didn't on? do that. And I'll tell you why. Because again, I feel that what I did at El Centro, um, the courses I took, the professors that I studied under, the clinicals that we did, I feel that that was truly my nursing school, and I feel that it was much more rigorous, and it prepared me to be a nurse, and I um, I went ahead and got the bachelor's because I feel that it's expected in this society, and, and but I still value what happened at El Centro, and when we walked that stage together in May of 2018... That was to me the really the the real time to celebrate. So you almost have the look in your eye that you feel like you'd be betraying El Centro. Yes. If you walked across Tyler State. Yes, I, I feel that way. Like you know, this is the thing. We arrived. I mean, it was hard to get to May of eighteen and graduate and walk across that stage, and yeah. that associate degree means more to me than than a bachelor's degree does because we had to work. I had to work so hard for it. So looking back now. After achieving your goal, how, how do you feel? What, what, like, so if you if you compare the feeling that before you started, right? And I don't even know if you can remember it, right? Like, what was you know that lead up feeling, the doubts, the, the anxieties, you know, all those things, and then kind of the, the you've 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 seen, I'm sure those. Uh, Again, memes. I hate talking about memes, but what what are you gonna do? It's just a part of our the life. one where where they have success, right? It's just like the straight line, straight up, right? Yes. And then they say that's not real. Success is really yes. just this jumbled spaghetti-looking thing, right? <laughs> so you you go from feeling great to feeling oh my gosh, this is I this is it, yes. it's over, to today, right? So how do you feel today as compared to? I feel so grateful to have had the opportunity. Um, I feel that um, it was a blessing. You know, all of the the trial that I went through, all of the good times, all of the people I met um, have all been a blessing in my life. And I just feel that God gave me this opportunity and put me in the right place at the right time. Mm. And so I just feel thankful. I don't feel like really proud of myself. I just feel thankful for the opportunity that I had and that I was able to get through it, you know, and, and some issue question. I mean, and I'm no psychologist. It's and quite honestly, it's none of my mm-hmm, business mm-hmm. except for the fact that I'm on this side of the table today interviewing you. Is it, that's quite the achievement. It's five years of hard work. Mm-hmm. You worked hard. Mm-hmm. I, can you not look back and go, man, I worked hard. I did. I did good job. 
Yes, yes. people supported me. People helped me. I, I could have never done it without them. All of those things, right? right? But to be able to look back and and be able to take an honest assessment, nobody sit down at the table for me. Nobody read the books for me. Nobody learned statistics for me. Nobody took the test. Right. I is can you look back and go, man? I accomplished that. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, I'm not good at that. There's a lot of. I'm not suggesting uh, yeah, I'm that not we go out and that. have a ticker tape parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Nobody. I. Right. The arrogant of the arrogant only do that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. walk around and go, "Look what I did. Yeah, you yeah. Piece of crap. Why can't you do it?" Right. <laughs> But to be able to look back and have an honest assessment of, you know what? Yes, people helped me, but guess what? If I hadn't opened the book, if I hadn't taken the test, all of this stuff that people did for me to help me and encourage me and support me and all that would have been irrelevant. True. Because somebody, right, somebody's got to lift the weight. Somebody's got to actually run the marathon. Mm -hmm. You don't get to just say, well, you know what? I trained a lot. But I decided not to run it. Well, then you don't get to get a medal. Right. You actually have to do it, no matter how much people, you know, right. encourage you. Right. You so, actually yeah. did. You went to school for five years. Yeah. You worked hard. And to be able to sit back and, and, and again, not suggesting that we become arrogant jerks and that sort right. of thing. But to say, wow, I did work hard. I probably should have some. Probably should be a little bit happy about that. Yeah. Proud of myself. (laughs) Good job, man. Because not everybody does it. There's going to be, I'm going to tell you this. There are going to be people that listen to this. And there are people that bask in in the glory of other people's accomplishments. And then they, they blame life or blame all sorts of circumstances for why they can't do what you did. But there's going to be some out there that are going to say, you know what? I've been scared to death. And it may not be just your story. Your story may be the cap on two or three other stories they've heard. They're like, right. yeah, I know they did it. And I know she, she did it and she did it, but I can't. But wait a second. And it probably is not that logical or rational, but something clicks. You know, these, these, these wheels are just clicking and the gears are just hitting the tips. And then all of a sudden something happens and, and it just all falls in place. And they go, that's what I needed to hear. Right. And they never, never think of your name again. Right. I, there are people that kind of, I know that I didn't just come up with things and decide I want to do. Somebody said something, right? My buddy that I talked to last week, there were things he said and did that like were important to me. But it's, it's a mixture. It's like a recipe, you know, of different things that make us be willing to do what we do. I'm just suggesting you do what you want to. I'm not you, <laughs> but I I would certainly be proud of myself if I decided that at the age of 43, I having never taken one secondary school or higher education class, screw it. Let's see what happens. And then I do it in five years. <sighs> All right. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that if there was something to be proud of, yeah, it's not arrogant. Well, it's you. not, it's not, it's none of that to be able to look back upon your work. I mean, let me just say it like this. If I go out and I sculpt David, right? Yeah. If I create some beautiful piece of artwork that the world looks at and says, man, that is beautiful. Okay. Yes. God gave me talent. 
I had to work at it. I'm not a natural. I had to, I had to work at what I do. Can I not, not look back and say, okay, God gave me talent. He gave me a work ethic, all of these things. But again, I had to do that. I can be proud of that. I can be proud of the work I do. I'm happy with that. Yes, I need. Congratulations, I need, Shannon Toome. Some of you, <laughs> thank you, worked your butt off for five years to accomplish a goal that you said that I want. I want to be a nurse, and look yeah. here today, you're a nurse. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I don't know. I don't That's know. Just me though. I'm just one of those we people. Like I always think in we, you know, plural, mm-hmm. all us. Oh yeah, know, no doubt. Yeah. Right. Right. A general could not win a war by himself. Right. I get that. Right. Somebody's got to shoot. A gun. Somebody's got to drive a boat. Somebody's got to sh- drive a jeep. I get all that. Yeah. But everybody has their part, and they should be proud of the part they play. Happy with the end result. And just saying. Okay. I, if it were me, I'd be pretty happy. I'd be pretty proud. Well, thank you. And it's okay not to, you know, nobody's saying go out and tell everybody, "Hey, you, yeah. you loser. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you get off your butt and do something?" No. <laughs> but you know what? proud of yeah. i'm proud of a uh, house builder should be proud of the looks of his house that he builds or she builds uh, a building builder should be proud of the look of a building that he or she builds uh it's a building good. yeah your education you're getting your 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 dream job that's a building it's a house it's a work of art right yes and i can step back and look at it without reservation and say i'm proud of what i built so that's awesome. And I, I guess, honestly, I haven't really had a chance to think about it. You know what I mean? Because well, I was just thinking to myself, it's recent. Yeah, yeah. It is really recent, right? Yeah. Maybe I, you haven't even looked I'm at it so, yet. so like, you're, you know, your brain's just kind of, it's like there's not time to process things. Right. Because the, you know, life just keeps going. Right. You just keep moving. Well, we have, I, I think sometimes we have friends that we're fearful of admitting out loud. I, You know, you whisper. It's the kind of stuff you whisper in a yes. closet in the dark. You go, man, I did it. Mm-hmm. I am super proud of myself, but I can never tell people that. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Why not? Yeah. I'm I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm proud with what I do. Yeah. And it's not one of those arrogant pr- proud, like where I'm shoving it in somebody's face and, you know, you loser, right? Whatever, yeah, and yeah. slapping them down. It's just, I'm happy and proud with what I did. Man, it took me yeah. five years. Yeah. I did That's not good. know how to do whatever it is you know how to do mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Five years ago. Today I can. Right. And I want others to not feel like they can't. I'm proof that you can. Right. That's good. Well, so I don't want to feel, I don't want to sound all, uh, I don't want to sound all hokey and like I'm trying to rush to some kind of moral of the story. Um, but do you feel like, um, and again, knowing that it's still recent, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you can share some, some advice or some encouragement to moms or dads or um, women and men, um, just kind of in general, who who maybe at midlife, um, and are a little bit maybe they're feeling some urges, right? Maybe they're getting that itch in the back of their head of I want to try something new. Maybe it's not school. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's it's really kind of irrelevant. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's something new, mm-hmm. something that you are looking to do. So mm-hmm. you have a thought that maybe I can do this or maybe I want to do this. Um, but they've been taking care of some other kind of business for the last 20 years. I've been focused there. to. Right. Hey, what are your thoughts about those folks? 
uh, one thing I would encourage people to do uh, is just get started. You know, even if it's something small, like if you think you're interested in, I would just throw nursing out there, for example, take one course, you know, see how you do, see if it's something you're interested in, um, do some research on it, see if that's something, you know, read about the job description, talk to some people that you know that are in that field, and ask their advice, you know, see what what kind of things they would advise you to do, and just get an idea of if that's something that, you know, if it interests you, and you feel that people are giving you a positive you know, vibe, giving you some positive feedback, then it, you know, it's worth getting started and seeing what will happen. You know, I think the fear of, of starting something is sometimes bigger than, you know, it just becomes so big that we don't ever just start, just do it. Did you you find that, did you find the actual doing of much easier than what you thought it would be when you started then? No, but that's because I was naive. Uh, it, it was much harder than I ever anticipated. Right. I hate okay. to say that out loud. No, no, it is what it is. But it right? is what it is. I mean, yeah. honestly, it's like I told you earlier about parenting. If you understood what all you're getting into, would you be able to just go, you know, mm. head first into it? Yeah, we probably would have. But right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the way I felt about nursing school. I think it was much more challenging and difficult and stressful than I imagined it would be. Mm. But I think taking it, you know, hold on. Now that's nursing school. Yes. What about the other stuff? What about the prereqs, right? The math, English, history, blah, 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 whatever it is you have to take. Those, I felt like they were doable, you know, everything. So so that the starting, did you feel like that was easier than what you had built it up? to? Yes, definitely. Nursing school, right? I I can appreciate that, you know, going to becoming a, a nurse that, I can't have any idea how hard that's going to be. What yeah, that's I didn't like. know. Yeah, I didn't know either. I will say, you know, getting started is important. And then you mm. find out what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. Mm. And you know what? There are always going to be people out there that will help you. Mm. You have to be willing to ask for help. Mm. You have to be willing to, you know, swallow your pride and go to tutoring, for example. Mm. Yeah. Um, there is, you know, like in the community college setting, there is a tutoring center just for math. Or there's a tutoring center just for writing for people who have struck are struggling with writing. And so it's about, you know, swallowing that pride and going and getting help and realizing, yes, this this may be something that I have a weakness in and I may never be great at it. But if I can just get through it and pass it, I can move on to that next level. Yeah. You know, it's taking those little baby steps for getting started, first of all, and then taking those baby steps, getting help when you need it. And, and continuing on moving forward, you know, I think getting advice is really important because I think, you know, if you, if you know people in the field that you want to go into, that you could just get ideas off of and kind of bounce things off of to see if that's something that, you know, is doable Mm. because just because we want to do something doesn't mean it's the right, the right place for us. So I think it is important to listen to people around you. Sure. If people around you are saying, yes, I think this is great. Um, I think you should go for it, then, you know, that's a good indication. But if, if they're saying, you know, have you thought about something else? It might be time to think about something else, Mm. you know, just being realistic. Well, I want to thank you for doing this. Well, I thank you for the opportunity. The, even in the email, the text that there was some, uh, trepidation some you know some like yeah. should I be doing this well I'm a regular just a regular person and I feel like I haven't done anything extraordinary you know and I do believe that it's an opportunity that God gave me and I think that I'm I'm just thankful for the opportunity so I am 
I'm not good at like saying, you know, I'm all that. Cause I don't think well, I nobody am, should you know? say that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Nobody yeah. should say that. But again, if a guy climbs Mount Everest, mm-hmm. he should, he should feel pretty good about himself. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I'm never going to climb Mount Everest, but this, I just said, I don't want to sound hokey or, or, you know, one of those, but going to school for five years and doing what I said I wanted to do after raising a family, I should be proud of that. Yes. Who else is going to do that? I, I, I would guess that I'm in a, in an elite class. Probably not a lot of people have done it. I, and probably not a lot of people are going to do it, but there are somebody, there's somebody out there who wants to do it and just scared. Right. Right. That's the reality. Right. Somebody out there wants to do it, but they're scared. Show me somebody else who's done it. Who's wake am I going to get? I told you that, um, that I was telling this buddy of mine that people are watching. Somebody watched you. They may never, ever, ever, ever tell you, but I promise somebody was watching and somebody's going to do something because they watched you, but they'll never tell you that's why they did it. But you just have to know. Right. You just have to know. Somebody watched. And somebody's still watching, right? And your, their success, they're still going to have to do what they do. They're still going to have to study. They're still going to have to. But part of their success is going to be because Shannon Toombs did what she did. She stepped out and said, okay, I'm going to go do this. Never going to tell you. Never going to tell you. Some may, some won't. But it is what it is. And that's okay. I I watch people all the time, and I'm never going to tell them that I watched them. Right. We admire people from afar. Certainly. Just a part of our... Well, it's arrogance and pride that says yeah. I'm not going to tell you that I yes. watched you. Yeah. And you're the reason yeah. why I did what I did. Right. Well, I mean, I, if I was able to help anyone, then I'm I'm thankful for that as well. And well, it I may would be five to. years or ten years from now. Yeah, because my seven people that listen exactly are, they I may, just, but maybe one of them is waiting for yeah. your for your interview. But that that'd be great, and I I would love to help. You know, as I told you earlier, nursing is about helping people. So, you know, if we're able to help anyone, then I think that that you know is it's a you know we've accomplished our goal here. You know, yeah. and so. Um, Hopefully there are moms out there who are considering this, that they'll just get started. You know, it just put one foot in front of the other type thing. Just take some baby steps and, and get started. And it may take a a while and that's okay. Um, But I think not being hard on yourself is also important, you know, just um, which is easier said than done, but um, looking for advice I think is important. And then, you know, getting started. Yeah. So, well, thank you for doing this. Well, thank you. I, I, I'll be honest. When I sent you the text, I was like, it's a coin toss. I, I figured I had a 50-50 shot, maybe 60-40, no, really? 40%. Yeah. So I was very happy when you sent back. I would love to do it. I was like, all right. Okay. I only had to ask once. That was awesome. So and <laughs> I want to be I famous. That, that's why. Well, I knew this would, I knew that, no. you know, everybody's story is going to touch somebody else. It's going to inspire, motivate, help push somebody over the edge, right? Everybody's story is going to be different. The people who are going to listen to yours are going to be different than the guy who I just did, the Iron Man, right? Who's right. an ultra marathon. It's going to be a little bit different audience. Right. But it's going to, somebody out there is going to hear this and go, all right, I can do that. 
You can right? do it. You so can. I want to tell you how I appreciate you thank doing you. this for me. I appreciate it. Well, tell Mark I said thank you. Okay. I want the world to suffer. Peace out. You know, these, these guys in China are hitting my podcast, and it's mm-hmm. every day.